On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Although Creed Fisher was influenced early by his grandfather and his classic country and hard rock music tastes, from George Strait to Ted Nugent, Creed said the earlier part of his life got in the way of his music, and he took the proverbial scenic route. He said he started writing songs for therapy, but eventually people started taking notice, and now his rebellious outlaw country music flavor is gaining him fans. Creed joins us to talk about his latest album, Whiskey and the Dog, on this edition of Americana Music Profiles. Hi, Creed. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me today. Where are we talking to you from? I'm at my house in New Braunfels, Texas. Texas. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, um... You kind of got a a little bit later start, at least in the professional side of your music, didn't you? Yes, sir. I didn't get into music until I was about 34. Wow. Did you grow up with music? I grew up listening and loving all kinds of music. When when did you start playing? I was about 35 when I played my first show, I think. As a kid, did you play also, or did you not even pick up music at all until you were older? I didn't play till I was about 35. So you mean literally just didn't pick up? Literally. The, wow, okay. <laughs> what what led you to that? I got divorced. I was married for 12 years. Yeah. I was just going through a, a time in my life where I was had a lot of extra time on my hands and was doing a little soul searching and and then uh that's how i got i picked up went and bought a guitar at the pawn shop and the rest is history wow <laughs> so completely self-taught even that's awesome yes sir. so when uh, when did the did you pick up the guitar and start playing your own music as well or, or were you diving into things that you enjoyed and then the writing came later no sir i was more into just writing my own stuff. I was just, I was writing songs before I picked up the guitar, so okay. that's, that's kind of led me to pick the guitar up. Yeah, okay. And, and and writing songs is a way to to deal with the the tough stuff that he'd gone through. Yeah, yeah. The person, just you know, the restructuring of of my life at that time. Sure. Yeah. I I, I read somewhere in the notes that um, you had, had given credit for influence. Um, in your life from your, I think your grandfather, right? Yeah, I was really close to my grandfather. He was one of my my biggest influences. He he passed away when I was eleven. So I like, talk a lot in my music. Yeah. Okay. What style of music influenced you while you were growing up? You know, I was growing up during the early eighties. Okay. You know, so yeah. 
just so many different, <laughs> so many different uh, styles, not only styles, but artists uh, at that time that were, I think on my mom's side, I was listening to more like Marty Robbins and Don Williams, mm-hmm. the old country. Yeah. And on my, I mean, on my dad's side, rather. And then on my mom's side, I was getting Ted Nugent and Black Sabbath. So. <laughs> That's a good combination there. <laughs> yeah. Was that playing consciously for you when you started creating your own music? Were you thinking those styles as you were beginning to develop your own? Not really. Not really. I, I just, I was... Obviously, country came natural to me, you know, mm-hmm. just uh, three chords in the truth, you know. I think the the more the Southern rock uh, style of my music came a little later, um, after I got with my first band, who was basically a rock band, mm-hmm. it led me that way. But I think at first it was just, uh, you know, I wrote, my first song I wrote was I'll Keep Drinking. Mm-hmm which uh, is going to be, it was on my first album, which I, you know, I, I took a few years back. I quit selling my first album. I just wasn't happy with, with the, the production mm-hmm. of it. And so that song's actually on my next album coming next year, Rebel in the South. Yeah. But okay. yeah, and that was my first song I wrote. I'll keep drinking. It was just, I think the, the Merle Haggard kind of, style came the easiest to me yeah most natural yeah i i hear a very um uh to use an overused term an outlaw country flavor running through the music that i listen to uh, in your music it's just an extension of my life yeah you know yeah it's it's a dysfunction you know yeah <laughs> do, do, Go that ahead. reminds me. Well, I always say I love Miranda Lambert. You know, uh-huh. I don't t- typically like that. You know, that style of music, and but it's just I relate to it. You know, right. with with because that's my music's a lot about dysfunction. Yeah. Do you have uh, much of an opportunity to get feedback from your fans, uh, identifying with the stories that you're telling? Oh yeah, yeah. My fans they talk all the time about how my music touches them, and and uh, you know, from stories about veterans to all the way to just you know your average everyday person. Yeah, I think my music has a lot of heart and soul in it. Yeah, for sure. I I also read where you mentioned that you felt like a lot of what was missing in the modern music was the storytelling aspect. Uh, and I would agree with you. Is that um, when you set down to create a new song, uh, do you approach it with the idea that you're telling a story? Is that is that the the, the starting point? That's 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 all I do. I mean, I can't imagine writing a song that wasn't telling a story. Yeah. You know, it certainly adds that's... depth, for sure. Yeah, I mean. So much of the music these days is just, you know, you listen to it, and then when it, when it, the melody's fun and, and whatever, but you get done listening to it, and you, you couldn't tell them what their me- you couldn't tell somebody what their message was. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's 
always try to make sure that I'm giving some message regardless of whether it's about drinking or, you know, stuff that's patriotic. Sure, yeah. Yeah, very um, very patriotic, very American, just um, uh, working class folks. Just It feels like you're really speaking to kind of the heart of, of what this country is. Well, I, I love this country. I grew up, you know, very blessed to live here. So it comes very natural to me. Yeah. How are you able to, or, or were you able to, to stay active with your music during the pandemic? Being from Texas, I guess you guys had a little bit more of flexibility than some of the other states. Were you able to keep playing? I had, uh, obviously, from about March to, to August, I did more. I was more in the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, places were shut down and whatnot, but I, I got back to playing about August. I went and played Sturgis. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and I think after that, you know, um, I was able to stay busy till November. And we always always take a break after, uh, around Thanksgiving till early January. So, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't get to play a whole lot, but I was able to stay out probably more than most artists. Has, have you been able to pursue this as a, a full-time venture? Yes, sir. I've been doing this full-time for, I guess, about three years now. Yeah, okay. Mostly regionally, or, or have you been able to get across the, the, you know, the, the entirety of the United States? Well, when it comes to playing live, I mean, I play all over the country, but right. trying to focus more on Texas, you know, because that was kind of, I was playing a lot more in the Southeast than I was here. So obviously, you know, I'm trying to I'm not be on the road quite as much. Right. But. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the interview. Do you have a favorite venue or outlet for your music that you enjoy? One where you feel like you get a chance to connect with fans greater than another? Not really. I mean, I, I love I love a lot of the, the places we play. You know, uh, I think YouTube is a big uh, platform for us. Yeah. We're always putting out new videos and stuff like that which I think keeps people engaged. But now you took no, I'm, Go ahead. I'm known for the bike rallies and stuff. I really enjoy bike week in Daytona. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Sturges. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I can hear in your music that that would uh, resonate with those audiences very well. I, I can imagine that that would be a very good, uh, a very popular venue. Plus, I love to ride my motorcycle, so yeah, win-win. <laughs> right. I, I also read where you, you took a really uh, a, a DIY approach uh, to your music, especially early on, trying to find uh, exactly where it fits. Uh, was that a, a pretty significant learning curve to, to navigate that approach to it? Not really. 
I kind of got lucky, I guess, you know, but you call it luck or just a little bit of luck and a lot of hard work. I mean, sure. I was lucky to meet the right people to know, you know, my team at Fort Worth Sound. Uh, until I met those guys, I think I was a little bit just kind of wandering around, you know, in the wilderness. But yeah, back in 2016, when I did my first song there with those guys, I think from that point on, uh, I've been on a pretty steady path. And I think, you know, we just put out, we just cut my, I think my eighth or ninth album with those guys. Wow. Okay. And, uh, I think obviously now these days we've, we've got it honed in and, which is awesome. You know, I think it just, that's kind of just how it worked out for me. Mm-hmm. The good Lord kind of had his hand on it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you mentioned YouTube. So you have a fairly regular schedule of releasing videos. Yeah, I mean, especially now with the new label. Um, we did, I think we're doing four or five, maybe even six off Whiskey and the Dog. Okay, so, great. You know, every, every couple of weeks. Yeah. And we're doing a lot of, you know, we're doing uh, acoustic stuff, acoustic versions of songs on the album. Mm, okay. Uh, the acoustic version of the good old U.S. of A., was on Country Rebel. So, yeah, I mean, we're putting out a lot of content on YouTube. And that album's been out for how long, the new one? That album dropped on the 22nd, so it's been out a week and a few days. Yeah, okay, so the album itself was really fresh out then. Yeah. And you mentioned you're already kind of thinking ahead and working on the new one? Man, I've always stayed ahead of the game. I've yeah. already finished next album really i go in i go in to uh, sing on it in a few weeks so it'll be done it's coming out probably like april may oh so you won't you won't set on it very long then it'll be coming out soon then i've already cut my next uh tribute album outlaw influence volume two okay so it'll be coming out late summer next year wow and I'm I'm working on a bunch of different stuff, recutting Ain't Scared to Bleed, my first Southern Rock album, redoing it. So we've got a lot of content coming. Do you have a tour lined up? Is there a, um, uh, where you're going to head out? You mentioned being able to play across the country. Do you have dates lined up through the spring and summer? Our tour doesn't start till I believe, March okay. next year. We're going out with the lax. So we'll be out with them about four months till uh, July. They always take off July every year. So in July, we'll take a little break. I'll start, I'll go on my own little, little tour. And, and then after that, I'm not sure. Uh, there's a few different things we could do after that. But yeah, I mean, we're going to be busy, you know. First and foremost is the tour with the Lax. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll be. Go- I don't know the dates yet. I won't know probably for about another month, and then we'll they'll be posted. Uh, we'll start posting them. Will that be a nationwide tour? Yeah, yeah. I think, like I said, I'm not sure where they're going. They they got so backed up through COVID, and 
that they're they're playing shows now that were booked two years ago. So, oh yeah, I okay. Think, like right now, they're up in New York. You know, so That's I think true. we're going. I think next year, I think we're going West Coast. Mm -hmm. So I think definitely, I think California is on on it, and uh, we always they always go to the Southeast. That's kind of our bread and butter. Sure, there. yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it'll be all over the country. And and this will be full band. Do you do any any solo type stuff? I do. Yeah, I play. Uh, if it pays, you yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. But I usually play with my bands. You know, I don't. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of just part of it. When you're on the road, you try to maximize your your earnings, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, if I'm out on the road with the band, you know, you play full band Friday, then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, maybe Sunday, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, just me and my guitar, mm -hmm. you know, and we're on the road. So, yeah, I mean, if I could go make some, some cash. and But it's got to pay, though, you know. I don't, if, it ain't, if it doesn't pay, I'd really just be hanging out with the fellas. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. How how you mentioned obviously you've got a couple uh albums already in the can. How how far are you thinking out for your career professionally? Like do you have a you know, uh this is what I'd like to see myself doing in five years, ten years? Is this is this gonna be till you're gonna do this forever? Do you do you have a bucket list, kind of a a future vision of what you what you want to be doing as a musician? I'm kinda of like Willie Nelson. <laughs> In that respect, yeah. not political. No, man, I just, like I said, you know, like I tell all my, my team, you know, I'm not going to be carried up on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> and propped up. Right. You know, I get too old to walk up there without a, if I ever feel like I can't live up, because we put on a hell of a show. Mm -hmm. you know, we come and it's high energy. And, you know, I'm thinking 60s, somewhere in the 60s, you know, mm -hmm. late 60s. If I was blessed to do it that long, yeah. you know, but I think, you know, as long as I can do it, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but there are other things, you know, that I, that I like to do and, and we'll, you know, we'll get into as I get older. Sure. But do you, yeah, I mean, my life, you know, I can't, I can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah. Do you have any industry music achievements that, you haven't reached yet that's you know that's that's the one thing that would kind of put an explanation point on your career if if that would happen kind of thing i would have to say maybe selling selling out red rocks yeah <laughs> well you know i think that i mean i've had nine top fives on itunes yeah i saw that that's awesome so i think you know just there's definitely milestones to be achieved. You always got to have some goal that you're shooting for. Sure. You know, I think selling out Red Rocks is is my probably highest goal. Playing, you know, on the live side of things. Yeah. And I think having a goal, you know, uh, obviously would like to go to number one on iTunes. Yeah. Right. But man, I, I just you know I just I do it for for different reasons. You know. Yeah. As long as I'm. As long as I'm staying true to that, that's all that really matters. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Well, I certainly enjoy your music, Creed, and I, um, I'm, I'm going to watch your calendar. I'd love to get to see you guys live, and uh, I wish you well with this new record. And then the, the, the future one's coming out, man. It's so cool to hear that you're, you're, you're uh, recording that far in advance. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Well, I just want to say thanks for having me, man. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate the people that support us, man. Yeah, well, thank you very much, and uh, best of luck to you. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, bud. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions, and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at IntoHistory.com.